Hi everybody. Maybe what they're seeing and how they're seeing it, and also video games. I'm hearing more and more people say the level of violence on video games is really shaping young people's thoughts. And constant crises have shaken the entire world and have threatened in each case to bring on the gigantic conflict, which is today, unhappily, a fact. Non-programmable weapons buttons. Customizable feedback software. Don't just buy a new video game. Make one. He doesn't have a PlayStation 5. That's because PS2 console's too late. Hello and welcome from the comfy confines of the studios of Two Consoles Too Late. I am your host, Jackson Keebler, and I am Two Consoles Too Late. This week, we are going to talk a little bit about that Nintendo Direct and some upcoming games from Nintendo, and my impressions of Konami Computer Entertainment's Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Also going to do some auction alert. And I'm going to talk briefly about this movie I saw this past week that was utterly, utterly hopeless. Okay, it is a crappy, crappy, rainy, windy Saturday here in Baltimore, Maryland. So if I sound a little flat and down and just sort of drab, the weather outside has made me this way on this first day of autumn. I love autumn. I I hate summer. I'm so glad autumn is here. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and do a stick it. This week, uh, stick it goes to a, a young gentleman on Facebook Marketplace who reached out to me to buy a sealed copy of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And the reason he is getting my stick it is because the way he went about it, okay? Contacts me Sunday morning. I'm, I look at my phone. It's about 11, 11.30. And I see this message. Hey, is this still available? I'm really interested in this game. It's not your typical Facebook marketplace. Is this still available? And then you say yes, and then you never hear a thing. Well, this guy was genuine. You know, He was a person. He had genuine, genuine interest in this game. So I respond, yes, it's still available. And he's like, all right, you know, can, you, can we meet up to, you know, do... To do the deal, I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, I'm in, I'm here, where are you? So he's in Dundalk, all right? So everyone just break out your phones, go to your map app, all right? Um, and look at, a, look at a map of Baltimore, all right? So just look at Baltimore City. That's kind of center of the Beltway. The Beltway is a giant circle that goes around Baltimore, all right? So I'm in the middle of this circle, all right? Now go to your right and down a little bit outside of that circle that is the beltway and you'll see a place called dundalk okay dundalk from my house is about eh, 30 minutes we'll, we'll we'll say all right with no traffic on the beltway so i propose all right well let's meet halfway I'll, i'm willing to go as far as parkville now if you still have that map open all right so you got that circle that is the beltway all right go right from the go northeast from the center of that circle you should see a a neighborhood just inside the Beltway says Parkville, okay? So I was willing to drive that far because there's a micro center there and I love going to micro center, even if I don't have to buy anything. I just love going in there. So I say, all right, let's meet up there, you know? 
So then he comes back to me and says, oh, you know, I really want to watch the football game. And the, and the Ravens are playing at 1 o'clock, okay? It's now 12.15, okay? I'm like, what the hell? This guy wants to buy this video game and get home in time so he can watch the Ravens play. So I'm sitting here just like, dude, you got to be kidding me. I'm already in the car, all right? I'm in the car. I'm looking at my phone. And at this point, I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You changed the deal here. I'm not... He wants me to drive to Pulaski Highway, which isn't as far as Dundalk, but I might as well just keep going because Dundalk's another five minutes beyond Pulaski Highway. He wants to meet at the Chaps Pit Beef on Pulaski Highway. Now, Chaps Pit Beef is notorious in Baltimore. It's when it's a really famous place to get pit beef. It was on diners, drive-ins, and dives, whatever that stupid show is. That's the place. So he wants to meet there, and then he and then he sends like a a pin for like a CVS on Bella. He keeps sending me these locations. I'm like, so I just I just gave up. I was like, I'm not going to talk to this guy. You know, for fifty bucks, you know, if you're in Dundalk. You just roll on down to Eastern Avenue. You go to Walmart. I think they're on sale for like $46.98. Boom. You can have a copy of this game. <laughs> you know, thank you for for trying so hard to, you know, pay me me the money and not a big box store. But all that rigmarole just for, for that, it was just, I, I have to, I have to say, stick it! Before we start talking about Nintendo Direct, though, I I got a I got some new furniture in the studio, as it were. The studio, haha. Yeah, I got a new desk chair. I, I finally decided to pull the trigger and get a desk chair, so that um, I had like a wooden I had one of my kitchen chairs just set up at my desk, and I'd be doing like a Twitch live stream or just the podcast or something, and um, my my ass would just fall asleep. And I get up like the, there was a couple times I got up and my legs were just asleep and I just fell over. I'm not kidding. It was it was getting kind of dangerous. So I took my discount for a ride and went to my local Goodwill and picked up a really nice chair for twelve dollars. Um, and we're going to talk about gaming chairs later on auction alert just because I got a good one. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Last week we had a Nintendo Direct hosted once again by the. Japanese snapping guy. Uh, I should probably look up that guy's name and not be quite so. Uh, <clears throat> was that is that racist? Calling him Japanese snapping guy? I guess well, it's what he is, you know. Anyway, um, so we had a Nintendo Direct, and the big announcements were F Zero ninety nine, the Battle Royale game. A lot of a lot of buzz around that one for some reason. And Paper Mario Thousand Year Door of the old Game Boy RPG classic. Uh, I don't give a shit about either of those games whatsoever. Uh, I never played Mario Thousand Year Door. Every time I see that game, I just think of the time I found it at a yard sale for like $2 and flipped it for like something ridiculous. Um, It combines two things I really don't like, Mario and RPGs. It just my mind sort of checks out when you put the when you put those two things together. But uh, I I hope to those that do enjoy that game, um, I'm sure you will have multiple hours of enjoyment reliving your memories and your youth 
playing that video game. But the big winner for me was uh, the Tomb Raider Remaster Collection and Prince of Persia, The Lost, was it The Lost Crown? Those are two games I'm, the for me, I'm looking forward to. Uh, I don't know why it's coming as a surprise that Tomb Raider is being remastered. Uh, I thought it would, thought it would have been done by now. I don't know, I just saw that and just my, my first thought ran to, didn't they already do this? But apparently they haven't. Really looking forward to this, uh, just kind of going back and trying to remember all those little puzzles from Tomb Raider, uh, especially with the, han the enhanced graphics. I, re I remember the graphics of Tomb Raider being very polygonal and uh, yet still being in awe of Lara Croft's uh, boobies in the shapes of uh, pyramids and her butt that seemed to stick out like six inches um, in a strange dodecahedron sort of way. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That comes out Valentine's Day 2024. So I'll get my wife a dozen roses and I will get myself the Tomb Raider collection. And Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown from Ubisoft comes out January 15th. Looks like a decent side-scrolling platformer. Um, kind of hoping they release a demo. Uh, so I can kind of play around with it a little bit and see how I how I like it uh, before I you know pull the trigger and spend whatever thirty forty dollars maybe fifty on that game uh, could pre-order but I don't pre-order anything last thing I pre-ordered was Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and I never opened it so from now on I'm I'm not pre-ordering Jack I'm just <laughs> I'll just get it when I get it. Um, I, I had that much patience. But uh, it was a pretty good Nintendo Direct. It was nice to see Japanese snapping guy. Uh, we still have no word on Bob. They didn't talk about Switch 2. So we're still in limbo. And what about Bob? But once again, Japanese snapping guy. Always a pleasure. Okay, we can't talk about Castlevania Symphony of the Night without the soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Awesome soundtrack. So I'm going to play a couple tracks here as I wax ecstatic about this wonderful game from Konami. Uh, I said it wasn't blowing my hair back. And I, I still kind of stand with that feeling. Uh, I don't get home and... I don't have that excitement to like, oh, play Symphony of the Night and get further, or beat that boss or whatever. I'm just kind of playing at my own pace. I'm not, I'm not doing any, I'm not watching any YouTube videos, uh, which is actually a lie because when I was putting the notes together for this podcast, I, I was watching a play, I put a playthrough on YouTube, and in that playthrough they actually got to a secret area that I didn't know about, so. When I say I'm not watching playthroughs, that's a that's a complete fucking lie. Um, the map, once again, it's a complete ripoff of Super Metroid. But I have been using an online map just to kind of get a feel for where I'm going and what's going on. And a couple boss fights, I've I've hit the YouTube's to check out, you know, if there's a secret. But for the most part, the the boss fights of Symphony of the Night have not been too difficult. Um, I don't feel like, you know, I mean, there was one, it was like, 
some sort of griffin, I forget. And uh, he had a very easy pattern. You just kind of had to stay with him once you, you know, knew the pattern. You just kept slashing away at him, and eventually he died. Uh, I just, I just defeated the succubus, uh, which you get to this cutscene with uh, Lisa, who's uh, Alucard's mom, and uh, it's apparently takes place in like a nightmare or some sort of dream realm or something. But uh, yeah, succubus was. Succubus wasn't too hard, so uh, I think I'm at like something like 60% completion. Um, but I, I kind of stumbled into the end with, uh, I think it was, is it uh, Simon Richter or Richard or one of, the, one of the Richters? I don't know. He's at the top of the castle and he kicked my ass in 30 seconds. Uh, kind of stumbled upon him once I got the, uh, the soul of Bat. Is that, uh, the thing that lets you fly around, I think it's called Solar Bat, and then you can get your bat upgraded so it, like, shoots fireballs. Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Trying not to have any spoilers for this game. But I'm loving the soundtrack. I mean, uh, here's a story. So, on the podcast I was talking about, because it was a little over a year ago, I went to a, uh, video game music trivia night and uh, it was kind of like name that tune and one of the songs in the trivia night was uh, Dracula's Castle from Symphony of the Night. Well I didn't know it at the time because I never played the game but now, oh now I know that song it, it's a good jam I mean I, it gets me really pumped up, I don't know I like the mix of like kind of like the heavy metal with like uh sort of classical blend. It's a great little soundtrack. It comes from Akira Yamaoka. I'm, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Great soundtrack for a video game. Not as good as Hollow Knight. Once again, Hollow Knight's a bench that very few games can reach, but uh, I'm really liking that. Now this is a little detail that just... It's the, it's the details of games that people remember. All right? People remember the T-Rex in the first Tomb Raider, I, you know, because it's ridiculous. Why would there be a T-Rex that's still alive? You know, that's just one example. Anyway, the one detail that I, I noticed in this game so far that I really loved, there's this really long hallway in the castle, and it's before, as you're going right, it's before you get to the outer wall. If you go down, there's like an observation room, and there's a telescope, if you go up, uh, there's an elevator. Anyway, in this long hallway, behind you are these windows, and it looks like a forest or something behind you. And there's this giant floating eyeball that's just watching you. And it's really creepy, but it's done really, really well. And it really created that kind of weird feeling of isolation, but at the same time, something is lurking that wants to kill you. I just thought it was really awesome, and every time I go through that hallway when I'm playing this game, I just, I just get a, I get little goosebumps, you know. It's just, I like those little details in video games. They're good. Now, after I finish with Castlevania Symphony of the Night, will I do another playthrough? Maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, it's not grabbing me that much, uh, but it does sort of pique my my curiosity with the storyline of Castlevania. 
because it becomes very convoluted with the Belmonts and Alucard and his mother and all that. Which has made me go back and watch the Netflix series Castlevania. And that, like, that series kind of confused me a little bit. But having played Symphony of the Night, the Castlevania series on Netflix, the anime series, is, it makes just a little bit more sense. And it's a little bit more enjoyable. Uh, I remember in watching that series, I think it was like season three or four, uh, it just got a little weird. And I'm not sure if it was following the video game or they just kind of started writing their own story at that point. But that show, at least the first season or two, is, makes a lot more sense because I played Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Um, am I going to go on and play uh, Rondo or you know another Castlevania game? Maybe. Um, I was looking at Nintendo Switch and they've got the two collections. They've got... Whatever the classic collection is, it's Castlevania 1, 2, 3, and 4, uh, and Kid Dracula, and there's another game, I think, I'm, maybe it's Bloodlines? Anyway, um, I, I wouldn't pick that one up because I've got 1, 2, and 3 on my NES, I've got Bloodlines on my Sega Genesis, and I have Super Castlevania 4 on my SNES, so no, I'm not picking that up for the Switch. But... Uh, they do have the Castlevania Advance Collection, which has all the GBA games. So you got, uh, what is it, Aria of Sorrow and uh, two others. That game, I, maybe I would pick that up, but you know, I wouldn't rush out to get it anytime soon. Once again, uh, I'm loving just discovering this this game. I totally get why it's worth a hundred dollars. I, I was talking about that last week on Auction Alert. I, I can see why this game is worth that $100. Uh, I wish I could find a copy for far less than that, but alas, I don't think so. But as I was playing this game, I, you know, in the back of my mind, I was wondering, okay, uh, has this game been remastered at all? And uh, so I popped on over to my Google search engine and I typed in Symphony of the Night Remastered, and yes, it has been remastered. See, I'm late I'm late to the party on this game, folks. All right, this is two consoles too late. I'm tired of saying this, okay? I'm just not up with the latest and the greatest, okay, kids? That's what's going on here. Cut me some slack, right? Yes, Castlevania is on the PS4, Castlevania Requiem which is Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood. It is $20, uh, which kind of piques my interest because I have been toying with the idea, just toying with the idea of getting a PlayStation 4. Um, once again, that would make me one console too late. So I, I'm not gonna go out and spend $100 and get a PS4 just so I can play Symphony of the Night you know, on a 4K system. Recently, I was scrolling through my social media, and I get, uh, through the algorithm somehow, I get a lot of this suggested content. 
It's usually like a lot of nerd culture stuff about movies and video games and whatnot. And uh, this one post came across and it was a, it was like a promo for the movie Slipstream. And it had a picture of Mark Hamill looking all Mad Maxed out with dyed, his hair was dyed, blonde, he had a goatee, and I'm like, what, what the hell is this? So I go into IMDb and I look up Mark Hamill, and sure enough, I find this movie from 1989 called Slipstream, and I'm like, what the hell is this? So I check out a, a trailer on YouTube and, what, and whatnot, and uh, it looks absolutely horrible absolutely horrible it's straight up right up my alley it's dystopian it's bad it's cheesy low production value so i'm like well now i have to see this movie it was uh streaming on some channel called uh plex for free tried watching it one night uh in really really bad low definition uh, and I just, I just couldn't do it. It was just a little bit too much. So I pulled the trigger. I went to Amazon Prime and they had the movie for, it was on sale. It was 50 cents. Um, but if you, if you couldn't give 50 cents, it was like two fifty. So I pulled the trigger and I, I bought this movie and I watched it. Oh my God. It is so, so good. I'm not going to sit here and talk talk about this movie for 10 minutes although I could I thought about doing a whole podcast about the movie Slipstream and uh it's just one of these movies that I just can't explain it I can't explain how awfully bad and good it is but this this alone is is the cast all right just I'll give you the cast and uh that alone just says something all right so Mark Hamill Luke Skywalker all right he plays the uh the anti-hero semi-villain Tasker. He's a law enforcement officer who's been charged with bringing in the android to justice. The android is played by Bob Peck. For those who don't know who Bob Peck is, he was, uh, I guess he was most notable, um, the warden from the original Jurassic Park, the Australian guy. Uh, he's been in numerous films but that one is the one that jumped out for me bill paxton okay now this is aliens bill paxton this isn't twister bill paxton this isn't nightcrawler bill paxton may he rest in peace bill paxton uh this is like early career bill paxton you know like game over man uh just kind of it's, it's like he carried over his performance from Aliens right into Slipstream. Uh, didn't have to change a whole lot. He's sort of this happy-go-lucky guy living in this dystopian future. And uh, he befriends an android. But anyway, we have Bill Paxton. Some other notables. Robbie Coltrane. He's a British actor. Uh, if you've ever seen uh, Harry Potter. Uh if you know who Hagrid is, okay, <laughs> Hagrid was played by Robbie Coltrane, and may he rest in peace, my God, there's, there's a common theme here, you got, because Bob Peck, he died from cancer uh, in his 50s, Bill Paxton passed away, Robbie Coltrane passed away, so uh, the cast of this movie was kind of doomed, 
And then lastly, you have two Academy Award winners. Okay, you have Sir, Pen Sir Ben Kingsley. He's only in the movie for like five, ten minutes at best. He's the leader of some uh, cult of wind-worshipping people who uh, pray pray to the wind gods or something. And uh, F. Murray Abraham, who uh, he played Salieri in Amadeus. He's been in numerous things. Uh, I mean, that's the big one that comes to mind because he won the, the Academy Award. Sir Ben Kingsley won the Academy for Gandhi, of course. So right there, we've got this this wonderful cast and you, and just that list of actors. All right, Bill Paxton, not a great actor, but you know he he came into his own later in his career. But this movie just it was set up for success. Uh, this the story is really basic. Now this is the plot synopsis from IMDb. In the near future, where Earth has been devastated by man's pollution and giant winds roll the planet, bounty hunter Matt kidnaps a murderer out of the hands of two police officers planning to get the bounty himself. Uh, that's basically the plot. Now, there's a little bit more to it than that. Uh, the murderer is an android. Um, and while, yes, he did kill someone, uh, you know, he uh, the, the character is having, you know, some conflict about you know what he did um you know whether it was right or wrong and all that i i can go into the themes of this movie it is but like i said i don't want to talk about it too much uh i will say this it came out in 1989 it only got 4.7 stars on imdb this is the first movie that mark hamill did since return of the jedi and when it was kind of like um, a self-imposed retirement. So he said, well, if I'm going to do another movie, I do not want to be Luke Skywalker. I do not want to be a hero. I want to be something completely opposite. And in this movie, he totally succeeds. He is this hard-ass uh, police officer bounty hunter. Um, and the last thing on my mind watching Mark Hamill was this is, you know, the guy who plays Luke Skywalker. I mean, he just he he does this character very well. Uh, funny story about his character. He modeled, he got pulled over on the Pacific Coast Highway, and the cop who pulled him over was a real hard ass. So Mark Hamill said, you know, after, after that encounter, and then when I signed up to do this movie, he decided, oh, I'm just going to act like that guy who pulled me over. Funny story. Anyway, Slipstream 1989. Check it out. Great cast. Uh, I found it on Amazon Prime for $2.50, and, uh, for the price of a cup of coffee these days, it, it was well worth it. Alright, this week I was talking about uh, getting a, a new desk chair for the studio. And uh, of course, curiosity got the best of me and I was like, well, let's go over to Shop Goodwill and just see. What happens when you search gaming chair? Uh, I didn't want a gaming chair. I, I, I had this secret hatred for YouTubers that will sit in their gaming chairs. I, I think they do it on purpose with the express uh, purpose of like, hey, look at me in my gaming chair. You know, it's just... I'm not... I'm never going to spend $150 on a desk chair. I, I don't care what the hell the thing... If it cools your butt or whatever. But, you know... I, I spent $12 at Goodwill and I'm perfectly pleased. But... 
there are some gaming chairs over on Shop Goodwill. Now, there's a couple of the ones that just sit on the floor, you know, that aren't desk chairs. They're just floor gaming chairs. But they do have two. Uh, one is coming from Central and Coastal Virginia, Hampton area. Uh, right now, there's one bid. It's 9 bucks. Now, uh, it's pickup only, which makes total sense because it's a gaming chair. So, I'd be, I'd be curious to see what this one goes for. Because um, that... That makes sense. But this one, this other one, is in California, uh, the Oakland area. Let's see if my my internet just crapped out. There we go. Alright, it is a Cougar gaming chair and pillow headrest. Uh, this has zero bids right now. Um, the current price, if you want, if you want to bid on it, uh, it's $9.99. And uh, you can have it shipped to you. And I estimated shipping to my address here on the East Coast. And to have this gaming chair shipped to me would cost $276.08. Uh, this, this Cougar gaming chair and pillow headrest, if you go to Amazon, this thing new is like $220. So if you got Prime and you get free shipping, I'm not sure if it gets free shipping or not. But even then, you're not going to pay uh, $200 in shipping for this for this chair. Uh, so to this goodwill, I have to say, you know, come on, <laughs> just try to. I mean, I'm, it's a great item, but you're just going to have to take a loss and you know list it as pickup only. Maybe someone will pick it up. I don't know. And when I say pick it up, I mean actually bid on it and get shipped to them for $200 plus. Maybe the shipping changes depending on where you are in the country. I don't know. But this is a. This is just one of those auctions that just makes me shake my head. I, I just, what, why, why? All right. That's it. That's it. No more. Uh-uh. That's it. We're done. Another episode of Two Consoles Too Late in the bag. Thank you for listening. I've been the host, Jackson Keebler been a pleasure as always bringing you a complete lack of serious information to your ears it's an incredible joy you can go on the interwebs and check me out just go to google type in two consoles too late and there you can find all my social medias and uh you might come across my Patreon. I do have a Patreon, and uh, if you want to support this podcast and all of its non-information that it espouses, please, please do. I hope you find this greatly entertaining, and uh, want want this enterprise to continue. But as always, have a good one. I love you. Goodbye. things I read about doing a podcast set or a Twitch live stream is you're not supposed to eat while you're doing the while you're recording. I can't help but wonder why. I mean so what? I'm eating a Twizzler while I'm recording a podcast. I mean what's the problem? 
I mean, if it bothers you so much, just turn me off. Right? I'm enjoying my fucking Twizzler. Leave me alone. 